to the black effect we have myself kendra ashley and Brittany, and the kids yara and peyton our, our, our many guests here and today we're going to talk about school school choices options the issues that we face with education um almost pretty much before we even have them, this is a, a, a topic of worthy discussion of consideration. This is a perfect time for me to talk about education because my older son, Cody, uh, we're preparing to um, decide on a school that he could go to for kindergarten because we're not completely confident that I would do a great job at homeschooling. Why not? Which is you actually, uh, I'm getting more and more confident and I feel like my husband is getting less and less confident. Oh my God. <laughs> we go in opposite ways. But I also think it's because of the necessity for us to like unschool ourselves, right? Mm-hmm, that right. term, rethinking what it means to be educated and what it means to be socialized and all that stuff and stop thinking of it as just like worksheets and drilling concepts into heads and things of that sort. It's definitely a timely topic in my house um, that my husband is bringing up constantly and trying to figure out like, Should we go charter school? Should we go private school? You know, as I'm secretly making a list of people to create a homeschool collective. I think we should homeschool. Come on, baby. (laughs) Join me. Yes, but you're trying to leave, so. But I will be here for at least three years. Yes. See, you got me three years. We can do this. Our kids will be seven, eight. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great. No, so, okay. I homeschool my son is six so he's kindergarten technically like more like first grade but he was like one of those late babies september babies so yeah so we do kindergarten we do a mix honestly so i unschool kind of i don't really know what i do to be honest i just mix school we're flexible people they have terms for everything now, i know like, they do, who do it and do it well don't on. have no clue as to what those terms mean. i just go with the flow but, I will say though, I don't, I'm not very structured. Like, we don't have a schedule, clearly. If you know me, none of my life is scheduled. So, yeah, there's no schedule, there's no worksheets. I mean, I'm gonna say that if I think it's necessary, I won't pull one, but I mean, it's kindergarten. So, he hasn't really, outside of those little like alphabet books, you know, he hasn't really done any worksheets. Um, mostly, and I won't even say I intentionally teach him anything outside of his letters and trying to get him on board with reading. But everything else, it kind of just. I guess I just kind of unschool. It's just whatever happens at the moment, that's what we learned about. And he's really big into science. So um, lately we've been doing dinosaurs and he's really into like tornadoes and hurricanes and volcanoes. So he will tell me all about tectonic plates and uh, he will tell me about the dinosaurs and that's what he likes. So that's what I teach him at the moment. So he shows peaks interest, which is what unschooling is. If they peak interest in something, then you help them explore that in a sense, but you take their lead. Um, and of course we do a lot of playing and when we out in nature, I try to bring up topics, but essentially that's just really what we do. The only thing I intentionally try to teach him is, um, his reading. So Ashley, maybe I can help you out with your anxiety about school. Do you think that they're really doing all this learning in school? Like with all the structure? I really Because they're not. <laughs> it's not that, like, I don't, 
Ariel's school day. So Ariel is in the second grade. So she's gone to pre-K. She's actually gone to kindergarten twice because of this whole issue with her having a late birthday and me trying to get her to go early and all this stuff, actually. So, so, so uh, she's been in school for four years now. I can tell you that for the most part, they have a number of days where they essentially do nothing or the, they don't have the capacity to stay on task. So uh, they might have a structure in terms of a time frame where learning is supposed to happen. But whether that learning actually happens within that time frame, I really don't think so. So, I mean, I don't really think that's anything that you really truly do have to worry about. And I also think that you have to think about, okay, well, learning happens at any point, yep. at any point in the day. Like you said, you know, determine, okay, well, what what's considered education? What, what's what things are worth learning and at what point? I don't think that Ariel knows about tectonic plates, but that is cool. cool. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure, but she knows, you know, right now about, like, venomous uh, animals from right. watching this uh, nature show that we watch Hello. on, you know, on YouTube. Netflix is bomb for those right. nature shows. Yeah. Like, y'all know. Yeah, I mean, I'm very much, I would probably be in the unschool camp. I'm not very well disciplined or, you know, have a good management of time. I think now having two kids, of course, you know, like the, the second kids, you just like, okay, like whatever. You, you, like you have less, what's the word for it? Like you're not so stressed out about their, their needs, I guess, so making mm-hmm. sure that you do everything right. So have I been making sure I tell Atlas, like, okay, well, let's sit down, let's work on your colors? No. He surprised the hell out of me uh, that he knows the color yellow <laughs> last night. He was, he, was reading a, <laughs> he was reading this book. He was like, this owl. This owl has yellow eyes. Oh, what? He sure did. <laughs> like, oh, like, I don't know. We haven't focused on that color, number, nothing. But I can tell you that he, you know, understands quantity. He knows a few colors, and he can count to from 1 to 12 on a good day. See, he's absorbing information. That's what I can say about that. And they do. They pick up stuff from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were sitting there, I was talking to Ashley and some shit at the house, and Asad just be saying stuff, and I'm like, I don't know. I didn't teach him that. Like, mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> he he yeah. called her sister. And I yeah. said, why? I said, did you just call her sister? Like, she's black, right? And I was oh, like, oh, wait, hold on. Right. So you had a, you had a call. You had some content to that sister. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. She, she did. Yeah. And I don't intentionally, like, I don't even think I call, like, my friends, like, sister. Like, you know. Yeah. So I was like, where did you get this <laughs> wait, from? Like, wait, but did you drill it in? Brittany was like, um, so can can white women be sisters? And he looked at her like, right? like, like why would you even ask that question? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Right, yeah, like, mom, do you not know? I think right. you should go back and reword that question, mom, because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's hilarious. I absolutely agree that they they pick up and they learn. And that there's ways that you can be intentional, right, without a worksheet or without mm-hmm. a book. Or a textbook, rather, not just a book, but like a textbook. Because I, I think about stuff that Kobe has picked up. Like, Duke can literally, he can do, like, basic math for, like, adding and subtracting. Right. And not necessarily with, like, just numbers by themselves. But when, it, when you talk about, like, okay, Kobe, you had three gummies and you just ate one. How many is left? Like, he can tell you and that and say it and regurgitate that to right. you in that way. And it's like, yo, my baby knows math. That's how I was supposed honestly... That's when you, and that's my thing about being, in, in, you know, intentional in a form of like, not, 
not to knock anybody who likes to use, you know, systems and worksheets, but when they learn by doing it and learning through play is when they remember and it becomes a concept to them. Because in school, we teach these concepts first, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll tell them one plus one is, you know, two. And then, you know, you have to drill these facts in your head. And then later down the school years, we want to bring out word problems and teach you how to apply that concept. Well, you should have did that from the beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and, I, yeah. and I've honestly seen, like, kids bring home word worksheets, like math ones, but they're, like, in first grade and they can't read it, they don't understand it, and the parent gets frustrated. And it's like, but if you sit down and show them, and that's the part about the educational school system, they honestly don't have the capacity mm -hmm. or the work, you know, the people there, or the time, quite frankly, with all the kids in the classroom to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's like our kids miss out on that one-to-one -one interaction. And sometimes I get on myself because I feel like I don't do enough with him on a daily basis. But if I pay attention, if I sit down with him individually for 30 minutes to an hour, that's more time than he would have got in a whole a whole day at school. Right. So it's like, it, it's fine. You know what I mean? I have to be a little easy on myself. And he went to, a, my kids went to a private preschool where, I mean, you know, of course I had to pay for it, but it was like only eight, seven to eight kids in their classroom. And it was great. They did have, you know, some time. I like that one-on-one -on -one interaction. They get so much more. So let me ask you guys this about... I guess we all are talking about like our own different educational philosophies. Did that has have you come up against a bump? Well, I guess as you said that you just did with your husband with explaining how you choose to educate with your significant other. Because I I have like one of the points of contention between me and my ex um, is that I'm not interested in homework. I'm yeah. told uh, Ariel's teachers, like, we're, we're not doing homework. If she wants to do homework, sure, fine, but I'm not pressed to do it, and we're just not doing it. He's insisting, like, no, homework is important. Well, what, why is it important? And also, are you going to do it before? Right. <laughs> I say, right. you had that issue where it's like, okay, why well, teach them a certain way, or whether that's something in their purview that they care about. So me and Malik were pretty much on the same page. Um, as far as we wanted to homeschool our kids. Mm -hmm. And Millie um, being an educator, or educa educated man, I guess I should say. He is. We were on the same page about that. Even when we went to private pre preschool, like, it took us a while to find one. And up until that point, they stayed home with us. But, of course, they were young, so nobody really worries about that. But when we went to Baltimore, I, we clearly can't even afford to even look at a private school given the situation while we're here. So it's just like, you know, it, was no, it, was no, it wasn't even a question, like, right? I will say, though, as we homeschool, he's not really home most of the day because he's at, you know, at only campus. And so it's kind of like, I think he's, un I think he, he trusts me, right? But he's unsure about the whole unschooling thing. It's almost like, you know, we need to do more with him or kind of because he sees us at home chilling, right? And so he doesn't really get, I don't think, comprehends the whole concept of even though we're chilling where we're still doing things. Right. So I find myself trying to show him that they are still learning um, in a sense. For the most part, we're really on the same page about it. <sighs> <laughs> I feel like Dearest and I are on the same page about... Not, I just, we are on the same chapter okay. about stuff, but we're on slightly different pages, okay. right? Like, we both realize that public school... It's just, it's not an action. Well, right, for Cody. I'd like to explore that, but I, I want to stay on topic for a second. And particularly, like, regular, not, we're not talking about magnet schools or charter schools, but public schools is just not going to work. And that's for multiple reasons. And my husband is an educator in the public school system, right? So he has an insider's look and, like, 
he is totally disgusted by it. And I'm surrounded by a few other educators as well. Mm -hmm. um, and the stories, especially at the elementary level, that they're telling me of how they're not allowed to um, use songs to teach stuff. The kids are getting um, uh, only like 15 minutes of recess. And I'm like, wait, what? My child, he goes to a preschool now where like, his whole day is recess. Right. So for him to go from that to 15 minutes would be like totally, total shock. And I, that should, yeah, it's never work. Um, and for me, and like the way that we maneuver at home, just like he's just kind of free to roam and explore and ask questions. And that's really how he learns. The way the public school system is working, just not going, it, it doesn't fit for him. I don't think it fits for most kids especially because what the school system was built to do, we no longer need, but yet we're still institutionalizing our kids in a way that is unbeneficial, but whatever. Um, so we're looking at private schools, and like we have three private schools that we applied to, and then a charter school that we were actually on the board for in the county. The charter school would be my number one pick because we would have influence on what's going on with us being as founding board members. Um, and with it being a new school. Yeah, I'm still on that. Darius, if you listen. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but it's like the commute is really long. But at this mm. point, I'm looking at that price tag of the private school, and I'm like, mm, so I think the commute might be. Right. Can we talk about when you're done? We need to talk about that. The price of education or the sacrifice you have to make yeah. just to we get your kid to learn. Well, I didn't want to cut her off, but oh. no, I was, <laughs> that was that was my period. But I think it's it's disheartening and it's frustrating that one you have to almost like restructure your whole life <laughs> mm -hmm. for for your kid to like learn or like you have to figure out all this. There's so much that goes into it just to help your child develop like a normal right. human being like why do I need to restructure my whole life to make more money to know. pay for this super ridiculous or private make, college school no money. <laughs> right where they're gonna get a top class and I have quotations my my, my ear quotes up. Uh -huh. right. um, <laughs> you know like the top level education right. but yet they're gonna be the only black kid in the classroom and yeah. that's gonna have yeah. um, mental psychological emotional. you know emotional racial oppression type of effect on them so uh, it's frustrating yeah it's very frustrating so um, we clearly I made the decision to stay home and I thought originally it was gonna be to the kids where like I have trust issues so I was like yeah I'm gonna stay home <laughs> I mean I do <laughs> to be honest I'm like I'll stay home with them until they can talk and be like point out somebody like mommy she did right and I was like, that's it. But then it's like, well, darn, like, now I got to worry about, like, I didn't think about any of this before I had a kid. Like, I didn't think about that they wouldn't go to public school. That's what you do, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we made major sacrifices as far as, you know, our income level. I mean, we both could be working, clearly. And that would completely change, right? you know, how we live. But it's like, we, can, we can't do that now because I have to worry about my kids learning, which is more important because that affects their whole future, right? But some people right. don't have that option. Some people have right. to send their kid to school. And it's like, while I'm thankful for it, it's like, should we really have to make these sacrifices to give the, our kids education? And there's schools out there, right? In the ideal world, there's a play school where they, or a forest school where the kids are outside, you know, 80% of the time and they do this and they do that. And there's two issues, one being the cost. And two, being the culture behind it. Mm -hmm. Like, yes. it's all, like, my, even the preschool my kids went to was majority white kids. Yeah. And I love the school, and I will say that I did pick it because even though it was mostly Caucasian, 
I do feel like they were genuinely welcomed, right? And it was pretty open door and everybody was great there. Um, shout out to a great start preschool in Centerville, Ohio, just saying. <laughs> but, the preschool that Cody goes to is a play school. Yeah. It's, same difference. So and, I really loved it. Yeah. But it's like... It, it, they had really great pricing, but here, and to continue as you get older, mm -hmm. that stuff costs, and it costs way too much. That becomes a socio socioeconomic issue. Like you have to either work super hard, and I can't be there for them, to put mm -hmm. them in a school that's great, or sacrifice financially, and you bring down your class a little bit to mm -hmm. stay home and give them something great. So I guess I wonder, and I mean, I don't know if you would have the answer to this question, but why does it cost so much? For us to, because it sounds like what we're all saying is that we want our children to be in an atmosphere that's kind of like um, more minimalist and that embraces whatever their natural, their natural intelligence, their natural gifts or whatever, and kind of being able to foster that, foster, like, I guess, being able to learn in like a, a more real world and a holistic atmosphere. Why does that cost so much compared to, you know, with public schools do with with worksheets and Honey, if I knew <laughs> if I knew <laughs> process honestly school, I don't get like, it I, like I don't necessarily get it either and then I think that probably a part of what we're trying to do I mean as mothers in general as mothers as we, as we come together is finding more of a tribe that's kind of yeah. interesting and fostering an environment where we can provide that for wow. our children in general right. I have I do have to send my kids to, uh, to school or at least right now maybe not forever but for the time period yeah i kind of need <laughs> uh, ariel to be in school for a couple hours uh paying for child care mm -hmm. is not something that can be right now um at the schools to my mom so i don't have to pay for that and um and ariel i do still i don't because i work i don't necessarily have the uh, i'm too tired to do like all of the extra stuff all of the extra stuff that i still do and then it's like i have my own thing where i feel kind of guilty well you know i'm kind of i almost feel like i'm i'm pawning her off on the system to take care of take mm -hmm. care of her in some way and that and that's not fair i mean it's not fair for me to think that way that's not actually what i'm doing but sometimes i, I do feel like i should provide more for her yeah. and i do feel like i should provide more for, for atlas but that's where like all the additional stuff that we do comes into play and then um actually like you were saying okay so we do all of this we we add in all this cost of like developing our children and then for what like what is the end game like what do you actually hope for your children with because ultimately they're trying to foster you know kids and make them better for the next cycle of their life but what does that look like really i mean you went to public school right ashley except for high school yes i went to elementary and middle uh -huh. i went to public school Brittany, um i did go to public schools my public and elementary so long story short in first grade my teacher no second grade my teacher wanted to skip me my mom wouldn't let me mm -hmm. um and so then she eventually introduced us to like the gifts and talents program so right. i went to a really great the end of my elementary and all the middle school i went to a really kind of high performance school for gifted kids and then there was no high school to follow that uh -huh. so then you had to disperse into regular public school where you right. lived at um and that was <laughs> not a great school so then my mom ended up moving us out to the boondocks when um into high school to get into a better education, right? Rich mm -hmm. neighborhood, better education. Yeah. And I ended up being the only white school in one of the top performing schools in Ohio, public-wise, but it really wasn't that great for me. It wasn't great. It was. You said it was a white school? It was. And so, and even now, as I get older, I realize all the little micro-aggressive kind of, mm -hmm. you know, shit that I didn't realize when I was 
younger, right. which you just go along with. But yeah, wasn't a great that graduate school. It was, I mean, education wise, they were on point, but it, it wasn't for me. But she did what she had to do, right? Thought it was best for me not to go to the hood school or. It's crazy. There's so many little tidbits that are coming up as we're talking. So one, I think about how you said you were in like the gifted program. Mm -hmm. Those first, you know, couple years of, of your schooling, and it, it makes me I, I I hear that a lot about about like black students. Myself, my sisters, my my nephews. A lot of us were considered like really really bright students. Mm -hmm. They don't focus. They don't listen, yep, right? Yep, and yep. it was always the case. And like, even when my sister tells me now, like, yeah, he got in trouble in school again. I'm like, oh, he was done his homework already or his work already. Honey, let's talk about that. That's it. it was hard. <laughs> let's not go there yet. So, <laughs> but just that idea that that the that there's this group of kids, and I think it's a larger group than than we actually realize that they're actually uh, beyond what the system is giving to them and therefore they're categorized as bad kids because nothing is keeping their attention mm -hmm. right Let, let's the school system is behind them and so yeah I got done with my worksheet in five minutes it's taking everybody else 15 yep. and so I got 10 minutes and I'm a kid and I'm like uh okay yeah. I'm gonna talk to somebody uh I'm gonna yeah. distract somebody else right and saying that, it makes me think about the book by Amos Wilson that talks about um, the natural genius of black kids and how, like, black children, research shows, like, this is not a theory, but, like, research has actually shown legitimate stuff that black children are born at an advanced level compared to children of other racial groups, um, including white folks, just to be explicit. And just to let y'all know. It's just the, the lack of we opportunity better. that yep, yep. makes that turn around, like almost turns it on it, that, that quote, not quote, that statistic on its head um, to where black kids are behind and the white kids are in the forefront, right? right? And then the book also goes on to talk about how, like, we can't just settle for um, giving our kids, our black children, a white level education, okay. but... They can do better than that. Come right? on, Ashley. Like they, Come on. They can do a whole another level um, when it comes to developing and being educated. And so, therefore, right? Peyton agrees too. Yep. And therefore, we have to we have to change our methods, right? And for me, in my mind, the school system is the standard. The 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 public school system is the standard, and homeschooling or these more creative, integrative type of approaches or or like the play school you were talking about different things like that that really like hones in on the natural genius of black children in particular I think is is where we need to go and we need to figure a way to to fund it to do it right whether it's you know any community old schools. school right like old school mommies get together and we put a few bucks in and we do a collective type of thing like that. And that's my issue here is I cannot find a culturally diverse or black. I even I even take some other cultures besides what? Like I cannot find a group here. They're all either Christian. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not interested even, in diversity. I think like my whole life is quote diverse or white. But I would like, take so it over all white. Like See, my life has been all black. See? I grew up in Ohio. <laughs> I mean, as so, far as my personal stuff, like I'm, I went to a mostly black school, that type of stuff. But like the the world around, me, like I can't get away from 
whiteness. Right. And I thought when I moved to Baltimore, it would be all black. And it's like, I still struggle. You like, should. literally, you guys are probably probably my first group of, like, black friends. Like, all my it's friends are white. Just, oh, it's, fu- it's really Mine's frustrating. My it's, it's frustrating, right? Like, even though I'm surrounded by, like, black people, black excellence and, and like, cons and just, I don't know, like, the 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 love for like black culture and African culture and those type of things and talking about real history right like why did I just learn about the Haitian Revolution last year like that's ridiculous wow. yeah. like that's ridiculous <laughs> exactly <laughs> and I'm not the only one right yeah. as I learned about that as an adult and that has had such a significant like impact on my identity Honey. right and just this idea of not feeling you know feeling cultureless and wanting when I was younger wanting to be detached from like my Africanness, yes. right? Because I felt like it was worthless, right? Because all I was hearing was slaves and Come on. destruction. My husband says all the blah, time blah, that Black blah, History did like, not start with oh slavery. Oh my goodness! I mean, it's so frustrating. Oh, and even then, we are, but it's still it's still <laughs> yeah. related. Because the reason I'm saying that is because I think education really connects with us. identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like that's a part of your 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 education and your development is identity. I didn't know and that's really that. important when it comes to black kids and when it comes to mental health and the environments that they're put in and socialized in. Come on, so, so um, I know I com- I completely concur. Um, I think in terms of knowing about your history and everything, that's obviously important. But then we've also been taught to think, okay, well, yeah, all right, fine, that our history didn't begin with us being slaves. But then it also gets to kind of be tricky, like, well, black people don't have a culture. And, you know, African Americans don't have a culture. And that shit is starting to frustrate me. Like, American culture literally is black, you know, black culture because we built this place. So I think that, you know, embracing everything that we have done uh, from the, you know, the point that we've been in America is also worth embracing and loving Two. Yes. Um. That's what Solange is all about. I agree. Album. So. I mean, she had an album out. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Just. <laughs> just dropped. <laughs> like <laughs> she. She resurrected. Uh. Black Planet. Like everybody. You know. She posted. Oh, that. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so what you were saying though about the whole African American thing? Like I said, I went to all white school. I literally. I remember it being Black History Month. Right. I was in high school. Okay. I graduated in 06. I'm just like. So. <laughs> Black History Month, they didn't celebrate it. So when February rolled around, I went to mostly, you know, schools in the inner city, black schools. And I'm like, this might be Black History Month. It's about to be lit. Nothing. When I literally took my, went to my history teacher, like, bro, we don't celebrate Black History Month? We aren't even going to talk about it? Y'all ain't going to bring out the slave ship at minimum? Wow. Negative. I had to go to my assistant principal and the principal and ask them, could I put up a bulletin? So they gave, they were nice enough to give me a, a casing when you came into the school, whatever. And I put up, I got a couple friends to help me, but put up a Black History. And wow. these kids knew when I started talking about it, completely oblivious. So just imagine a kid, a Black kid, who was in that school system from the beginning and never seen Black History. Like you know that, like nothing. That's crazy. And this was this was at the private school. This is a public school, but it's public moved school. to the, you know, oh, to the nice school. Yeah, the, right. Oh, with all the white people. Oh, wow. That, like, that, literally. Um, I mean, that doesn't surprise me, but that is. Girl, I was shook. Crazy. I was like, y'all dead ass. We're not having no assembly. We're not bringing in no food day. Like, it, it, it reminds me of, I mean, some schools, right, could just, like, they probably should just do that. Like, just not even have it. And the reason why I say that, the show Blackish. Um, the last episode was about Black History Month, and 
it basically talked about how like they talk about the the same like four people over and over again every year and it was like exactly (laughs) and like carter g woodson and one other it was said right because it was such a counter to Black History Month is just our anniversary. We celebrate all year. And that's really how I feel about it. Like, but I'm do we really, books. though? Some of us do, right? No is the answer. Like, the general <laughs> answer is no. But for some of us, I think we do. Like, some of us are intentional about, you know, reading history and looking into people and celebrating black excellence all year round. And then history might, using history might to be like, really intentional or, or using it as like you know a way to get sales or promote our stuff but anyway um yeah i just i think that history is really important and like the images that we see and that our children see of people that look like them and that come from situations and those similar backgrounds as them is really important right because i feel like it also limits your view to your vision of what your future looks like right like you right. kind of mirror yeah. what you want to do and yeah. what you want to be based off of what you see as possible and that affects their whole life everything like there's things that i wanted to do that if i think about it once i got to high school my honestly my mentality changed i thought i could do anything out of middle school i've been back to like letters and stuff or I used to write and or things. Mm-hmm. I literally wanted to be the president when I was in middle school. Oh, you wanted to be the president? <laughs> I did. How about I wanted to be a dictator? <laughs> that I'm being very specific here. I legitimately said that I was going to be a dictator. <laughs> yeah, but that's. <laughs> well, wait, I mean, it's kind of my personality to want to completely control. Was it a particular dictator so, that you were? Uh, I think no. I think I was. This is in high school. This wasn't even in middle school. I think that I was heavy into um, learning about world history and 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 even American government. And I think probably like learning about Stalin and uh, everybody else and the different type forms of government. And it was like, oh, this this makes sense to me. Uh, this is how I would like to rule. So yes, therefore I'll be a dictator. Like I, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, it's funny. The first one that came to mind was like Adolf Hitler. Yeah, and oh, like, I didn't want to kill people. Like not <laughs> that part, but just the the influence that he had to be able to right. do that. Yeah, no, that's that's control. And um, we got one of those trying to be one of those now. Yeah, that, that's true. But yeah, no, it definitely was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, you saying that you want to be anything, but yeah, I no, I, I completely want to be a dictator. But that's that Aries quality for you. Where I think that I'm supposed to run all all of the shit. It literally wasn't until middle uh, high school that you know teachers tell you. Then they start planning, like, setting plans for you, right? So you talked about, like, Set having free for me. You talked <laughs> about having free time and blah, blah, blah. My guy, so my first year in high school, I did go to the school that was local to me, right? So my mom ended up moving us to a black suburb. So we were in the city, left middle school. I told you there was nowhere to go. So we ended up moving to a black suburb. My freshman year, I went to Warrensville Heights. I love my teachers there. And actually, they were really great. I love my guidance counselors. But it was that whole thing of, I was ahead because I went to the special school. Mm-hmm. They didn't have honors classes. And they had just started block scheduling. So the entire grade, you about to get that, the entire grade uh, went together. So if you were in ninth grade, they pretty much, everybody had the same schedule because we were in block schedules. Oh, wow. So we were okay. in biology. I took biology like in seventh grade. I literally, while she was teaching, while any, in most of my classes, while the teacher was teaching, I was doing my work. 
And then I was done. And these classes, we were blocked. They were 90 minutes to 120 minutes long for oh one goodness. class. So we only had four classes. It's it was like, something like, like that. College. Yeah, it was horrible. I was done. Like, That's how school is down here. In 30 minutes. I was done. And I'm sitting there. So I literally hung out in the guidance counselor office. Love my guidance counselor, Mrs. Cunningham. And I forgot. It was, her first name was Jackie. That's sad. I don't remember her first name, not her last name. <laughs> but I hung out with them. And I literally would leave. My church was right across the street. I would literally leave and go to church and then come back for the next class. I would just be helping out. They were like, where are you supposed to be at, bro? <laughs> like, that's what I would do. And, I mean, it's, it's literally sad. But my, they all taught me. Like, they would give me extra work. They would let me help other kids. By the end of the day, I wasn't learning, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why my mom moved me because I had straight A's and I really wasn't working hard for it. And I really kind of wish I would have stayed there because literally I would have graduated first and second in my class. Like me and this one girl were like always competitive about who was first and second. I probably got a scholarship, went to a really great school, and been awesome in life, right? No. You <laughs> went to a great school and then what? Like what does that mean? This is what I, I would have been awesome. Like, what does that actually and mean? Then I was at this white school. They shot my self-esteem. They told me I could not do. Mm -hmm. You know, I was always the black girl, you know, and yeah. that stuff gets to you, you know, Absolutely. a little bit of a oh, time. Yeah, no, and then I went to a mediocre school. I, I shouldn't say that because I did. <clears throat> Sorry, Red State. But, you know, it wasn't like no, you know, I wanted to go to Allegheny or, you know, a Columbia right. Brown. I wanted to go to a really good school. Like, I didn't go to any of those. I ended up going to a state college. Um, I started off a community college, and it was just like, like I feel like the whole course of my life took a turn. Now, mm -hmm. in hindsight, the adult, you're like, oh, I met my husband, and I had kids, and it's great. Right. But damn it, I wanted to go to a good school. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I don't want anybody to do that to my, to my, to my kids. Like, I don't want some white lady looking at them, telling him, oh, honey, let's let's think about something else. Like, you know? Like, I don't want right. you to have that control over my kid's mind. Because if, in, in reality, it takes one time for somebody to tell your child something to completely deter them. No matter what I, t I can boost him up every day. But if the person who's teaching him, telling him he can't, then in his mind, he probably can't. Yeah, that's true. And I've seen it, and I work like, you know, so my master's is in, well, I'm working on it. Let's pray, I almost finished. Mm -hmm. Intervention specialist, and I see these kids, and they, I literally had a 12th grader who's reading on a second grade level. How the hell did you make it to the 12th, 12th grade? grade? Yep. And it's like nobody tried to intervene. And to be honest, all of her teachers, except for a few, were white. And she was like, they just let me slide through. Or they saw me copying. Or they don't care. Mm -hmm. And it's like mm -hmm. somebody has to care enough. And to be honest, we care. I won't say all black people are super. You know, all teachers are awesome just because you're black. But for the most part, we care about our own more so, right? Mm -hmm. At least if we have the ability to. If I think about it, all my teachers that reached out to me, the one who wanted me to skip, you know, to skip. She was a black lady. And when they told me no, she literally made me do my second grade work. She had a split class. That's how many kids was in the school system. She made me do my second grade work. And then I had to do the third grade work. Did you have a lot of white teachers growing up? Once I got to, no, in no high school, yes, of course. Middle mm -hmm. school, no. Most of my teachers were black. I think my yeah. fourth and fifth grade teacher were white. And yeah, I've, had, I've had very few white teachers. And the one and the white ones in middle school that I did have was very few in the school, but the ones that I did have, they were pretty much black. Most of my teachers were white. <laughs> really? Which is problematic. It's very problematic. Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought I was awesome to those white folks. And I, I even think about like my son Kobe now, right? He's been going to this little like play school. Um, he's four and a half now. He's been going there for two years. Um, and a few months ago, we had pulled up to the school and we saw like the one other little black kid that goes there. And I was like, oh, there's Ty there's Tyreek. And his mom was like, I mean, and Kobe was like, oh, we're not friends. And I'm like, oh, why not? He said, because anybody that's the same color as me can't be my friend. Oh, oh my God. I almost, like, 
exploded. Like, just exploded. Like, I was just like, wait, what? Like, this is, I am the woman whose husband calls her a Black Panther, right? (laughs) Like, I'm like, wait, what are you saying to me right now? Right. Did he tell you where you got it from? No, I don't. I don't think anyone said it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I also don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But I, what I, what I had gathered even before this was like all none of his little friends were black, right? Mm-hmm. His little his little crew was like two little white boys and a, a, a half Asian, half white girl, and that was like their crew. And they kind of run the school because they're the oldest for real. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, all the teachers are white, right? And then there's two men in. He, I think he might really only interact with one of the men. And I, I think it was just, I think really what it was is that most of the people, especially adults that he was interacting with, mm-hmm. were white, right? And then all the kids that he's with every day, and that's the other piece about school, like, they're there a lot. Yeah. So yeah. Th- that environment, like, that's 50% of their makeup, right? right. And then 25% is sleep. So when they come home, that's only the other yeah. 25. So you you have less influence when your child is in school. And so that other, that part, you know, really is a trigger for me um, when it comes to what environment my kid is in or, like, the culture that my kid is being surrounded by. And so, like, we were already being intentional before Kobe said that, you know, buying books with black kids in it, watching black shows on a consistent basis and movies and talking about his skin and, you know, being intentional about talking about culture and race with him at his level where he could understand it in a way that, you know, would be really positive to him. And I, and I do want to say that I, I'm grateful for Black Panther because... <laughs> right. After that conversation a few weeks ago, he learned about Black Panther, and he is, like, going around, like, I'm King T'Challa, and, like, and we've been talking, we've been talking about a book about continents, and he's like, oh, Wakanda, Africa, he walks around the house talking about Wakanda forever, so. Hey, when he, <laughs> like, years from now, he's going to take Wakanda real quick, so he's going to break the Listen, Okay. We were already being intentional, and of course, I'm like trying to, I'm almost trying to OD for real now. But it's, it's, again, it's just, it's frustrating and disheartening, and I'm like, this is a concern of mine. Like, this is why I want to keep my babies home, because I know that they were given to me for a reason. I'm going to send Atlas over there, he'll have a black friend. Listen, (laughs) okay. That's that's why I be all admit everybody like what y'all doing right, today yeah, like sure. what, what you what you got going on yeah like, communities bring them kids over here just drop them off it's cool just drop them off when I, outside of school I really be trying to surround him with all of my black friends because I have black friends like most of my mo- yeah they're they're black and so <laughs> I want I believe you I really want. I swear I would you know because I feel like there's white people will call me their friend I'm not your friend Ashley I heard your podcast. Doesn't matter though. No. Anyway, so like I want I want my son to have black kids and I'm really not interested in like being in white spaces out when he's not at school. Like I just want I want him to be totally engulfed by like black beauty and excellence and you know, culture and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, not just I want him to make the connection between black people in Africa specifically, right? Because I think that's really important too. Like when there's, when you don't have a history, when you feel like you don't have a history and it's like, this is where it starts and ends. Like my folks is from, 
South America, and I mean South America, South um, Carolina. It's like wait a minute, hold up. No, I'm saying South Carolina. No, I'm saying like when that's where you you feel like your story starts. When there's nothing before that, and then everybody else is talking about, oh, I have Asian in my family, and I have this, and you see this cultural history that they can connect to that you don't. It's problematic. Like that was me growing up. I was like, don't call me African American because I don't have no connection to Africa. Like, call me black. Like, this is this was me as a child. Like, I felt cultureless, right? And so when I got to college and I saw other black people, I was a part of everything. The the African diaspora club, the Caribbean diaspora club, and I have a lot of people and tell them that I was. But from see, here, look, so I have a no club. So I mean, I have a. Um, a question or a, a, a query, I guess. It's not, that means the same thing. Um, uh, because you were in a space in a, uh, where you grew up in a predominantly white, white space, is that why you probably felt cultureless? I or wasn't. Like That's the thing. My all my schooling, I was with other black kids. High school, I was with but, mostly black kids. Or or where you, I mean, where you grew up, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, like Pittsburgh. I lived in a Which, black neighborhood. Yeah, see, I, mean, I, I always lived in a black I never felt cultureless. Like that's what I'm saying. Which like I also have a really cool. big family, and I'm pretty sure y'all like were really close and connected and a lot yeah, of things together. So, we did too. I I did too. Well, but we didn't talk about I history. I don't know what happened to Ashley. All right, we're gonna figure it out. <laughs> but it's not episode. just me because I've heard this from other kids and other adults. Like I literally had this 60 year old man say those exact words out of his mouth that I do not identify so as African-American because I have no ties to Africa. Like, that is problematic. But why does black culture, have, not saying that we're, clearly we're all from somewhere, right. but why is it to teach black culture we have to teach African? Like, why can't right. you be proud in your blackness and great enough here? Like, there's tons of black American traditions that clearly came from somewhere else, right? But if we just teach those traditions, then you have some kind of culture. But our start here is slavery. That's the problem. When when you feel like you're when you feel like your start but is at we, the bottom, that is. But we made something. Problem. Problem. Okay, see, I, maybe that's because that's what we teach. Because my kids and I, I won't say I intentionally put black images in front of them. But most of the stuff he be saying, I don't know where he got that from. But maybe it's because I do put those images in front of him or those shows. Mm-hmm. But he thinks being black is awesome so much so that I have to tell him, don't go around telling white folks they're not great. Like, <laughs> like literally. He'll be like, I'm black, I'm better than you. Like, and I'll be like, <coughs> you know, he'll be like, my mom makes the best fish and chicken. You like crispy scale in your chicken? Or he'll be like, you know, white people who looks gross. Like, that is Assad all day long. And I'm like, like, you know? So, he thinks that black is awesome. He thinks, like, black skin and black things and, you know, food and, like, he thinks all that is great. I didn't think black was being bad. It was just the... You didn't have a connection to it. I felt like I was black. Mm-hmm. But I felt like cultureless. Like I didn't in my mind they were different. Right. Yeah. Black was my race and I can identify mm-hmm. as black okay. and with black people, but my culture question mark. Yeah, I don't think how you feel is unique in any way. I think that a lot of people feel that way. I guess my counter to that is like I'm really trying to figure out why. why. It it's almost an element of this, this sounds harsh into what it's meant to sound, but almost like an element of self-hate and, and you know, white supremacy rearing its ugly head and making you believe that, you know, the culture that we have here is not worth celebrating. 
Um, that's why I bring up Solange because I think that that is a counter of saying like, no, like the the beauty that we have here, all the things that we have established here is is worth celebrating, and we we need to intrinsically kind of understand that. Like I don't I don't feel like at what point do we have to continue? In what century is it 2300? 20, is it is it three in the year three thousand that we can say oh it's okay to say oh you know my family is from South Carolina? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like at what point can you decide? Like okay, th- this is okay, and this is a this is a history worth worth remembering or worth celebrating. So I guess that's kind of like where I'm at. Like I, it's it's almost like how I feel um, a significant pride in being from Baltimore. I've been raised around like a lot of people will say like, well, Baltimore is trash. Like, why would you want to live here? Why would you stay here? I'm gonna move to the county where it's better. All these different things. I'm like, no, I'm staying right the fuck here. This city is wonderful, you know. I'm a product of it. I think that I'm cool. All the people that I know are from here. I think that these are great people. You know, this place means something to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, I'm not. I'm not going to bash where I'm from. I'm not going to think, you know, so low of it. And if I did feel, you know, less than about it, then the the best thing to do would be to leave. I'm like, you know, be appreciative of of all of where you come from, of all that that makes that makes you, including the slave part. Because those people worked damn hard. Yeah. Their blood is in their blood and bones right. is in the soil. And and I think that they have they have significantly contributed and, and made us, even the regular people who live here, uh, great. Yeah. I can I can definitely agree with that. I can definitely agree with that. My point is just that I feel like we need the full story. Oh, right? absolutely. Like just, yeah. I think the full story is necessary to developing a healthy identity. That is definitely connected to how we are how our education is given to us how we're institutionalized i think that that plays a big role in it right because history trumps it's not just a subject it doesn't live by itself but it you know it's a part of math and science and uh, social studies and language arts and all that stuff it's all connected to it so yeah but when it comes to education it's such a it's it's a hard decision um and i think what the three of us? I think we all would prefer to homeschool our kids. Yes, and there are things we are grappling with to, you know, try to figure out how to make that happen. Whether it's money or time or both, um, or getting on the same page with all other parties, like you know, the the other half's fathers, whatever it is, but. Education is important and a very hot topic for everybody. Yeah. So this concludes this episode of The Black Effect, Three Black Moms Affecting the Effect. And any last thoughts before we're out? Brittany? We out. I'm sure. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm sure that you guys that are listening to us, y'all was saying some stuff while we was talking like, oh my goodness, that sounds crazy. Or "Why, why would you say that? Or yes, I identify with that. We want to know what those things were. So, you know, we on Instagram at... The Black Effect Podcast. The Black Effect Podcast. So find us. And also subscribe. Hit the like button. Leave a review of how dope we are. And this is. Um, and share with a friend. All right. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.